This is Scoot from the Cleveland Sports Fan Network here to tell you about our new lineup for the rest of 2021 and beyond. We still have your favorites like Oshimaida and the Fan on Mondays, our flagship show, the Cleveland Sports Fan, on Tuesdays. Wednesday has the Burley Gunner Show. Thursday is the Four Chubs, a roundtable show hosted by Burley Gunner. And on Friday, Pit Road News, a NASCAR, F1, and IndyCar talk show hosted by Scoot the Cleveland sports fan himself. New episodes every day at 6 a.m. Eastern. Visit us at redcircle.com forward slash Cleveland dash sport dash fan. Hey, this is Scott. And Burke. From the Davis and Davis Show, the podcast for everything Ohio. Two guys who met at the University of Akron and have a love for Northern Ohio. We talk about everything from entertainment to motorsports to fine wine and spirits. Do you want to get a little insight on Northern Ohio from the perspective of two middle-aged men? Well, as we say, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit down, relax, and listen. New shows every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Just go to www.redcircle.com slash Davis and Davis. Or find us on Apple Podcast, Prime Podcast, Google Podcast. Check out our Facebook page at Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. And we just don't care. Welcome to the law firm of Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are up to Burke's number five, which is also... One of my favorites. This uh, is, oh yeah, and, and I really I still love watching this show. Uh, this is Space 1999. This is a Jerry Anderson production. Um, now, there was a little bit of controversy at some point in time where the actual moon base model looked a whole hell of a lot like the moon base from 2001 a space Odyssey, and there was some legal battles because of that but um yeah in an odd show because like there was only two seasons of it and the first season was oh god how do you explain it it was a lot of exposition and 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 not a ton of action per se um maybe a little more cerebral i don't know and and, and you almost felt like the composer was doing more of like classical music kind of composures behind it um but man the the the, the, the well you're looking at the the picture of the eagle the, the spaceship that they used what a great representation of what a i don't know what would you call it the jeep of outer space the, it's 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 this all is, function this and is, no design it's just it, it it that looks like a working workhorse like a tugboat almost of, of outer space. Here's what, what cracks me up about this. This is probably the best 
design of a spacecraft that could ever be made. And the funny thing about this is that people on the internet have taken this photo and are using it saying that this is the next NASA spacecraft to be made. (laughs) They could do worse. They honestly could do worse. It cracks me up. But I will honestly say, Elon Musk, if you are listening, you need to make this thing. You need to make a working version of this bad boy. Just just, just fly it once. That's all we're asking. Just I, one time. I don't care if it if it only makes it to space once. Yeah. But I want to see this thing work. <laughs> and you had some you had some great great actors on that show. You had Martin Landau, Barbara Bain, who I believe were married at the time. Holy um, crap though. Yeah, look at the damn eagle. I know. <laughs> I had the freaking model of this. Oh, I my I mother built, I my, built that freaking thing from yeah, scratch. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, I it was my favorite spacecraft ever designed. Yeah. And the thing is is that looking at it, it looks like it deserves to be in space. Yeah. It's all utilitarian. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, oh. If you were going to have if you were going to have a work boat kind of yeah, that's what you would build. It was it was great like the center section could detach and it was just kind of like the the armature between the the head and the yeah, 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 it was a great great design. Um, brilliant and 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 forgive me because i do not remember there's a mess of people from that worked on star wars and star trek and everything that did a lot of design work and special effects for this show too yes um, almost three quarters of the people that worked on the design of this uh ended up working at um skywalker ranch yeah ilm and all the yeah yeah um what other trivia do I have about that show? Um, well, then, and then season two took a wildly different turn. Like the the main control center got downsized quite a bit, and they went for a lot more action and everything like that. Um, but a lot of once again, a lot of really good actors. Um, I believe Plummer was on an episode. Yes, uh, Brian Blessed was on an episode. Um, oh shit! Who plays fucking Sauron in Lord of the Rings? Uh, yeah, he was on an uh, episode. Yeah, yeah um, but anyway, yeah, a lot of a lot of big name actors uh, did an episode of this show. It was just good fun. Now Jerry Anderson, we're gonna set the way back machine here. Jerry Anderson also did the show The Thunderbirds. Do you remember that show? Yes. Which was the direct inspiration for Team America. <laughs> so you have, so Jerry Anderson was doing this marionette show with you know all these vehicles and like, and then Team America came. So Space 1999 is kind of like the great uncle of Team America, if you want to put it that in a weird perspective. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That is all the that is all the trivia that that comes off the top of my head. Otherwise. It, 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 and really beautiful look. I mean, they took a lot. They, they honestly did take a lot of like the 
the look and feel of it from 2001, which is not a bad thing. 2001 was a phenomenal film. A little slower. It was yeah. uh, the thing about Space 1999 is that a lot of what was happening in that was realistic. Yeah. It was it was something that could happen. Nuclear waste um, being just put on the moon because you couldn't have it on Earth. And it was September 13th. Yeah, September 13th, 1999. It was a Friday the 13th, um, which is actually Barbara Bain's birthday, if I recall. Which I I 100% agree with taking all of our nuclear waste and shooting it at the sun. The sun would be okay. I mean, we would have some hellacious magnetic storms and cell phones wouldn't work for a while, but it'd be out of our hair. It'd be over, guys. Yeah. All right. We're going on to our next. Scott's number five. Nice. Good pick. Comes from the Jim, Jim Henson Studios. And it is Fraggle Rock. Uh this was a a show that was actually produced by HBO. It was the first show um first series show produced by HBO. But it wasn't on HBO, was it? Yeah, it was. Really? Initially? Yes, they were the ones that started. Wow. I did not know that. I mean, I remember watching it on a regular TV. Here, when HBO, Home Box Office, first started, it was purely a movie channel. This was the channel's first original series. Wow. In 1989, this became the first U.S. TV series to be broadcast in the Soviet Union. That's some fucking trivia there, pal. Kudos. <laughs> uh, just hang on. Here, here, here is where it comes. After ceasing production on The Muppet Show, Jim Henson asked writers Jerry Jewell and Jocelyn Stevens and conceptual designer Michael Frith to create a show for kids that will save the world. He gave them access to his house in London to develop what became Fraggle Rock. Now, before we go any further, I was such a fan <laughs> that in high school, well, yeah, it would nice. be high school, I made a doozer. Doozer. I was thinking Douglas. Yeah, doozers. That's right. <laughs> I am actually showing Burke right now a picture of that of the doozer that sits in my mom's house. Art class clay. Art class yeah. clay. It's big. It's like <laughs> six inches tall. This thing is huge. Um, and my art teacher kept going, you better hollow that out or it's going to crack up. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I got to hollow this out. It's, it was actually a cool project because I had to make two projects in one. The helmet and the head are two different things. But I made nice. a doozer. And uh, I, I actually had my mother 
get up off of her couch after she hasn't gotten up for like 32 years um, (laughs) and go into go out and take a picture (laughs) and send it to you (laughs) go out (laughs) into the kitchen and take a picture of my doozer (laughs) does she have any clue what it is um she kind of has a clue, but every time I come home, she looks at me and says, do you want to take your doozer with you? <laughs> I'm like, funny. mom, mom, you need to, you need to keep that because that's a piece of art. Art's <laughs> <laughs> definitely in the be- eye of the beholder there. <laughs> He's a little, 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 little. <laughs> Great colors, though. Great colors. All right. We're moving on to uh, Burke's number four. Oh, God, yes. Cheers. Cheers. Where everybody knows your name. Um, I, I couldn't pick this show, but I wanted to pick this show. Just because of the cast that was on it. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is... This is the most incredible cast that you will ever see. Norm, who just died not too long ago, was the most popular man in America (laughs) during the second year of the season. He was voted the most popular man. I hate it when your trivia is better than mine. <laughs> All right, but anyway, yeah, like I, Fraser's uh, Fraser and Lilith's uh, son, his first words were Norm. <laughs> Norm walks into the bar, and the baby goes, "Norm." <laughs> uh, I love the fact that when coach passed away in real life and he was a, he was a producer and a director primarily. Um, but they loved him on the show. Um, I love the fact that they wrote it into the show that he passed away and that they wrote in and Woody Harrelson's character is hilarious. Cause they, they made the character first and named him Woody and Woody Harrelson came and, and, you know, auditioned for it. And he really had no idea what the hell he was auditioning for, but they loved him anyway. So they put him on there. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, Rhea Perlman, uh, her sister is uh, also a director and producer, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you'll see Pearl, you'll see the name Perlman on a bunch of shows as directors and producers. Uh, Katzenberg, Katzenberg, yeah. Um, I think she was, wasn't she married to Danny DeVito? She may still be. I think they were together forever. Yeah. Um, and he would show up on the, show uh, on the on the set and watch them do stuff and she would show up in his but they never he never showed up on a single episode of cheers ever um Um, i i have a question here yes uh that was the worst circling job that i've ever done uh let me try that again Hmm. talking about coach yes coach uh, ended up dying in the middle of the season. Uh, middle of uh, season was three? it the fourth season? Three it was or three or four. 
Um, which was when Woody Harrelson was brought in. Or was Woody... Now, here's the question I have. Was Woody brought in before that or after? No, he was was brought in after. The the actor passed away. They actually wrote in Cheers that Coach had passed away. uh, And they ran auditions for a replacement. And they, they named the character Woody before they ever auditioned anybody. And it's just dumb luck that Woody Harrelson auditioned and got the part of Woody playing Woody. And he was phenomenal. He oh, was God, yes. incredible. Now, uh, I have to I have to highlight one more person now. If I can get my mouse to work. There it goes. Uh, let's go with this color today. Let's not, I'm circling the wrong person. Dude, this is when you get drunk people that. <laughs> Don't feel so bad about the Gene Wilder bit. Katzenberger. Uh, he actually has a show on PBS. Okay. Uh, and I don't know if it's still going on, but it's it, it's kind of like one tank trips where he takes uh, trips around the U.S., doing shows about things that that um probably trivia not just trivia but he okay. he goes to places that are patriotic that oh, okay. are about um kind of being an american and and he also is in i think he's got a voice bit in every studio ghibli cartoon that's out there I think so. I think so. Or no, it's not even that. He's in. What's the What's the other big uh, cartoon uh, studio? I mean, he, obviously, he's also in Toy Story and everything like that. But he he's got a voice. He, he does like a voice bit in every every Pixar movie, I believe. He's, I he think shows so. Up. Yeah, I think uh, I think so. Yeah, and he auditioned for Norm originally. Yes. And didn't get the part. And but the mailman, he was the best. They, they were going to make him a cop originally, and they're like, no, nah, no, nah, that's not going to work. And so when they figured out mailman, yeah, the, the know-it-all, yeah, it was just a perfect fit for him. And he got to ad-lib a ton of those stupid trivia things that he came up with. So a lot of the people on the set are just like, they have no clue what's going to come out of his mouth next, but, which is awesome. Okay, this is, I do have one more piece of trivia here. Please. This is what make made Cheers as fabulous as it was. Every director that came in let the actors ad lib. Norm's responses were normally <laughs> not written into a script. <laughs> It was fabulous. Okay, so um, now to my actual written trivia. There was no actual laugh track. And and people used to write into the show complaining that the laugh track was too loud. That was the actual audience. And that's why at the beginning of the show, there was always one of the cast members that would say this was filmed before a live studio audience to let people know this is not a laugh track. 
These are real people actually laughing at this stuff because it's that good. And then you, you do <sighs> realize that this is the first show that started the this is recorded in a live studio audience. No other show before this did it. Interesting. And then every main character that was on that show was nominated for an Emmy. Every single main. So everyone on that screen there was nominated for an Emmy. And, and, and five, five or six of them actually won the Emmys. And at one point, one of them actually said, I don't want any more because I want other people to win. So, yeah, it was yeah, great, great writing and, and great jokes and great bits. Yeah, we, we could we could do a whole show about Cheers if we wanted to. So that's it for Cheers. All right. Going on to Scott's number four. <sighs> wow. Okay, here here's where we diverge uh, greatly because I have never seen a single episode of that show. This, uh, my number four, stars uh, John Forsythe, and it is Dynasty. I actually have no trivia written for this. Then I'm okay with that. Who are all those women? Is that we have Linda Evans, we have Heather Locklear. Yeah, I was gonna say that looks like Heather in the background. That looks like who's the uh, brunette to the right of her? Oh it looks like the girl from the mummy, but I don't think she was acting at that point in time. Okay, now you're gonna make me lick the shit up. <laughs> okay. It, so apparently I, I I skipped one. Um let me go to IMDB. We will pause here. Elizabeth Gillis? I don't think that Gillies? Uh, no, that uh, cannot be. That's the new dynasty. No, we don't want that. Here we go. Mm-mm. Evans, Joan Collins, Gordon Thompson. John James, Michael Nader, Heather Locklear, Pamela Bellwood, Pamela Sue Martin. That's yes. Uh, okay. That's where I know her from. Okay. Lady in Red, Nancy Drew. Okay. Fair enough. Thanks. She showed up on that 70s show at one point. Okay. All right, so uh, here's a little bit of trivia for you. Okay. Joan Collins and John Forsythe did not get along. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Ironically, Ironically, she got along fine with Linda Evans. <laughs> Heather Locklear was a regular in season two and left towards the end of season three. Uh, to join T.J. Hooker. That's right. I forgot about that. John Forsythe is the only actor to appear in all 220 episodes. Uh, let me ask you a question. Mr. Carrington, 
What plane did he fly on? Is it a Lockheed? No, no, no. Um, private jet. Um, oh, God. Was it, was it a Lockheed? I don't know. What was it? From the outside photos that were used in the show, it was a Lear 50. Okay. From the inside photos, it was an Airbus 380. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> essentially, essentially, all of the interior photo. Okay, anyone that knows anything about a Lear 50 knows that you can barely stand up in it. It's you like have the size. To... It's about the interior of a modern-day minivan. Yet, every time they showed the interior of the plane, it was the size of a 747. The TARDIS, I, that's what it was. It's bigger was on like, the inside. Wow. <laughs> uh, Linda Evans is still one of my favorites. I love that woman to death. I think she's still gorgeous now, even at the age that she's at. Um. We don't ask women's ages, so we will just no, leave it at that. we don't. So we're going on to Burks number three. I'm telling you, we're going to have to start moving quickly here because I'm starting to get a little hippie. Aw, poor baby. Burks All number right. three is the Muppet Show. And, and, and you got to admit, man, that was like when it was on, like I was sitting in front of the TV. It's like I was watching every brand new episode that came out all the time. Um and dear lord I mean, it, it was kind of sad because that first season it didn't it didn't get a lot of traction initially and guest stars were not really big on coming on so jim and anybody that was in the crew and anything would ask their friends and like uh um, it's uh god uh vincent price was was a friend of jim henson he's like yo do me a favor come on the show and what a great show it turned out to be and they they had so many people in there. They had, they had a whole Star Wars episode that was awesome. Um, okay, the, the the two old guys up in the Statler balcony. Statler and Waldorf, uh, named after hotels, and even Statler's wife Astoria, named after a hotel. Um, that was me. <laughs> I can't yeah. think of another Muppet that I would have been. <laughs> gonzo perhaps <laughs> god you think so highly of me <laughs> and apparently the swedish chef was one of the only muppets with human hands because he needed to actually grab onto utensils and and do things and it was one of the few muppets on the show or one of the few bits where if you heard laughter, it was the crew. The entire crew could not not laugh when they were filming the Swedish chef. And he was, uh, and uh, he was. There was some guy who did a, a cooking show, and he was Swedish, and he mumbled, and that was kind of the basis of that whole bit. But uh, yeah, yeah, you'll uh, you'll be interested to know the the one eyed cat. That hangs out backstage. Who's just kind of laying around everything. His name was Gaffer, the backstage cat. 
Gotta uh, love that gaffer. Gaffer, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that That's awesome. To, yeah, that just appeals to us, absolutely. <laughs> um, and the and the inspiration for Miss Piggy was actually Loretta Swit from the movie Mash, which we referenced earlier in the show. So, but oh god, yeah, I could I could talk about it. and then the the whole band, um, Doctor John and, and Animal. Animal was. Um, modeled after keith moon of the who um and Dr. you gotta keith, love animal oh uh, god yeah have you seen the dave grohl and animal bit on youtube oh yes oh god that is priceless all um, over that oh shit uh, and dr teeth was modeled after dr uh, dr john and then somebody else okay yeah, Foz- there's so many Foz- references in that show it's just yeah fuzzy the bear was mm-hmm. incredibly awesome, but it was the monster that I loved the best. What the big one? The big, huge one. I mean, <laughs> not even the, sure if he had a name or not. The fucking hilarious thing about that is that the only times that they showed him was by himself because he couldn't be around the other characters. He was so big. So big. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I love that boy. God, there's so many. There's so many people on the show. Liza Minnelli, well, this, and Harry this Belafonte, was, and oh, geez. This is what made Jim Henson what Jim Henson was. I mean, the Muppet Show came out. There were so many offshoots from the Muppet Show, like like the Muppet Show Christmas, and yep. uh, there, there was just so much crap that came out of this. Um, and, and nobody, there was never a uh, guest that showed up more than once. Although John Denver did show up in a Muppet Christmas special. Um, and then one other time, because John Denver was a great, great addition of that show. Um, Jim Henson was one of the most brilliant men that ever happened to the entertainment or to the puppetry and industry. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, Sesame Street, Muppet Show, uh, Fraggle Dark Crystal, Rock, Fraggle Dark Rock. Crystal. The, he he really kind of honed that art, and sadly we haven't seen it since. Yeah, he was kind of a one of kind, one of a kind dude. Um, I'm going to go through a quick list of people that, have, that appeared on the show here, according to IMDb. Sure, uh, Rita Moreno, Valerie Harper, Candace Bergman, Peter Husinoff, Joel Gray, Paul Williams, Ben Vereen. Harvey Corman, Phyllis Diller, Floris Henderson, Sandy Duncan, Ruth Buzzy, Jim Neighbors, Lena Horne, Twiggy, Avery Schreiber, Ben Forsyth, uh, Steve Martin, Bernadette Peters, Julie Andrews, John Cleese, Vincent Price, Nancy Walker, uh, Dom DeLuise, Jesus Christ, this, is, this goes on and on and on. Rich Little, Edgar Bergen, uh, Lou Rawls, uh, Cloris Leachman, God rest her soul, uh, Raquel Welch, uh, Cheryl Ladd, Peter Sellers, Chris Christopherson, Danny Kaye, Gene Stapleton, Ellen John, Gilda Radner, good Lord. Yeah, I'm not going to do the whole list. It goes on forever. Good stuff, man. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I you mean, have a chance to pick that thing up and watch it, just, yeah, it's it's always good stuff. Just sit down and watch. Yes. Okay, we're moving on. 
Scott's number three pick. I I will allow that. That's it. <laughs> now, is it horrible to say I like the film? Uh, the film is the film. Film's good. Okay. Um, okay. I did not realize how bad this show was <laughs> until so I went back it. and watched it again. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely like if you were a, a teen or preteen. I mean, that was just uh, that was like eating cookies. That was kind of like, you know, it was a you know, fast food of, of shows, you know. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Oh, you're going you're gonna to tell everyone out there what the show is? The show is the A team. There you go. And here's the problem. Here's the problem that I had. I wanted to put Buck Rogers here. Oh, yeah. I watched the dog shit out of that show. But I couldn't find a good picture of Buck Rogers. <laughs> this is this is how you choose your <laughs> The only people looking at the pictures are you and me. <laughs> so, Mr. T's gold weighed 35 to 40 pounds. Oh, my God. According to Dirk Benedict, uh, who Dirk Benedict actually is going to come up again in one of my lists. But according to Dirk Benedict, George Papard refused to talk to Mr. T and would use Benedict as a messenger between them. Oh, Jesus. Papard would only refer to Mr. T as the man with the gold. And, and, <sighs> the, and, and, and in that, those four guys right there, 50% of them showed up on some of our favorite other TV shows you got Dirk Benedict showing up on Battlestar Galactica, and then and and I, God, I can't remember his name, but he showed up in Star Trek: The Next Generation, and he um, was only supposed to Burke. be a one-time Burke. character. Burke. Yes. Battlestar Galactica has not come up in any of our lists yet. Oh, he's well, it will be eventually. So, <clears throat> but anyway, but the and please, do you remember? The actor's name, the 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 other guy there by chance or no? Which one? Uh, the guy in the back. Uh oh, McCormick. Um, no, that's not no. It. I don't remember. There we go. Hold on. Wait. Hey, blah blah blah. The his character. Guy. His character was McCormick, though. Dwight Schultz. Yes. So he showed up. He was only supposed to be on one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. He played such a neurotic character. He was awesome. That they loved him and brought him back, I believe, probably eight or nine times in other episodes. Yeah, as Barclay. And uh, yeah, he was he was great. I love that. I love that guy. Oh, God. Uh, Carl Franklin was on that couple episodes. This nice. was a this was a Stephen Cannell. Um production and according to Stephen Cannell uh, 
According to Stephen Canal, the writers had a running gag in the show, which almost every episode included a horrific car crash, but the people <laughs> would never be hurt. <laughs> they did it to test the limits of realism. And, and, and if you want to do a little deep dive on Stephen Canal. Rockford Files, Greatest American Hero, Wise Guy, Castle, uh, yeah, just a bunch of of chips. Oh, 99. Yeah. Oh my. Okay. Oh, he, he's Silk still. Stockings. Christ, yeah. you remember Silk Stockings? He's still. He was still producing up until about five years ago. Oh wow. All right, we're gonna take a little break here. We're gonna come back. Mainly because my blighter will not last any longer. <laughs> All right, so and so, we're back. So we just we just went through the fact that Scott's out of alcohol and he's drinking Tangerays gin and tonic in a can. So sipping on gin and juice. Hold on, Laid two of back. them. Two of them. You have two of them. Wow, I have two. Well, your Yeti holds a lot, so. I still have uh I still have some of this other I wonder if I should mix both these. Oh fuck it. <laughs> Dude, I will tell you in a second if I hate gin and juice. You kinda gotta be in the mood for it, but yeah. Well apparently I'm going for two, so <laughs> Ready or not, here you go. Ready or not, here I come. <laughs> Throw that on the floor. And survey says. Ooh. Ooh buy, that, buy that shit in the can, man. Really? Um, Do they have lime in it or hell? not? Yeah, it's got lime. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the secret ingredient in any gin and tonic right there. Let's see here. What's what's the alcohol content on this? It does not say. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, probably it pretty low. Uh alcohol by volume is six percent. So it's not much. It's a heavy it, beer. It is literally gin and tonic with lime. Nice. And I will tell you what, this is a very refreshing drink. Are you drinking the gin? Uh oh, I'm in trouble now. Hang on. What? No, I'm just asking a question. Huh? Here, try this. Why is it on the floor? Would you just try it? <laughs> Not a big fan, apparently. So it was alcoholy. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's what it is. It's a gin and tonic with some lime. Well, gin and juice is technically like a grapefruit combination, but yeah. 
I don't. Gin and grapefruit is one of my favorites. I I don't get women. I don't. I don't like them. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, you're right. That is so fantastic. Well, it's about <laughs> time you showed some enthusiasm over 20 years. I'm going back to my show before you hit me. Hi. Beat me up later. I got a show to do. Hey, so we, are, on. we are up. We are up to our next. We're back back. <laughs> Due to technical difficulties, we were shut off there for half a second because somebody didn't know how to operate their fucking board. All righty then. We, we, are, we are up to Mr. Burke Davis's second pick. Number two. Is? It is. It is Taxi. Ah, the God, yes. You wanted that one too, didn't you? Oh, God, yes. I love this show. My God. It is um, so arrogant and so crass. You could, dude, you could not put this show up on television right now. Probably not. I mean, it's probably like all in the family. You just could not put that shit on television anymore. Nope. And, and once again, another great ensemble cast. Um, yeah. And Christopher Danny Lloyd. DeVito, Judd Hirsch. Uh, who's the guy from uh, Who's the Boss? Uh, um, Tony Danza. Tony Danza. Kaniki. Kaniki. Uh, Jack Conway. From, from, from uh, Greece. From Greece. Yep. Mary Lou Henner. Who is Latka? Andy Kaufman. It, okay. But you could do a whole show on just him. Jesus Christ, we, we really should, because he kind of disappeared from the world. I, the dude was so far out there. I mean, his comedy was like, it was a bit ethereal, it was a bit heady and everything. I mean, you know, we, well, um, they did a whole movie on him. Um, yeah, but anyway, yeah. But Chris Mary Lloyd, Lou Henner was one of my favorites. Oh, God, and that's right, Carol Kane played his wife. Yes. I forgot all about that. Oh God. Um the show's oh. premise was based on on a taxi shack in New York City. And uh Danny DeVito was basically the manager of the yes. place. And, and probably my favorite episode was when they took his manager position away. Um, yeah, dude, you have to find this episode. It's freaking <laughs> hilarious. He gets basically fired from his position and, and the entire shack goes nuts and he becomes like, I, I'm sorry. I love you guys. I love you guys. <laughs> and then he gets his job at the end and he's the dickhead all over. <laughs> I loved that episode. We got yeah, Andy Kaufman's character of Latka turned into Vic Ferrari for a while. He was such a total douchebag, but what a great character. But the the thing is is that Andy Kaufman literally just stopped. 
And he fell off the world. Oh, yeah. I mean, he went into wrestling. Like, he did, he was wrestling female wrestlers for a living after the show, which was such a bizarre. (laughs) And sometimes he would win and sometimes he wouldn't. But yeah, yeah, he was just so far out there in his his humor and, and view of the world. And yeah, Jim Carrey did a the uh, Man on the Moon. Was that the movie? Yes, that was the yeah. movie that was based on uh, Andy Kaufman's life. On Andy Kaufman's life, and it, it was, I mean, literally, one day he just stopped, and he was like, "I'm done." You remember his bit on Saturday Night Live? Yeah, that was awesomely weird and hilarious. <laughs> and his and him doing uh, Elvis was phenomenal because I think Dude. he did that on ta- I think he did that on the show Taxi, but he yeah, he did that somewhere. It, that was great. It it was a weird cast, but. Uh, how long did that show run? I did not write that down, but give me just a moment here, and I will find out. 1978 to 1983. I knew it was a long run. Yep. Yeah, it, it was a long run. <laughs> Judd Hirsch basically ran that show. Um, he was kind he, of the Mr. Cotter of the group almost. Yeah. Oh God, there was another TV show. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Do Do you have anything else for this? Well, I would just like to mention my favorite bits from that show were Christopher Lloyd. Oh God, yes, his his cameos. No, he Um, was a he was a he was on there for like like four seasons. Like he was a main character. Reverend Jim Ignatowski. Oh my God! Oh, he was freaking incredible. I, there was there was a bit where like, like they thought these these brownies maybe laced with pot, and so they're like they gave them to Jim to test, and he's like he's like nibbling, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> I believe this was a uh, California Cinsamia, and he takes another nibble, probably the South Slope uh, from the Napa Valley, and he's just <laughs> like the connoisseur of drugs. Um, Dude, <laughs> you remember him trying to get his driver's license? Yes. Yes, that was one of the best episodes. The director specifically told him to keep going as long as the audience is laughing. Just keep going. <laughs> I'm not even I'm, I'm, yeah, uh, go watch it. Just just you, you look at the YouTube clip of Jim Ignatowski <sighs> getting his driver's license. It's well worth the 7 minutes. Oh my god, so funny um so writer wise and directors and all like that after the third season the director james burroughs and writers glenn charles and les charles quit the series to mm-hmm. create cheers yep. also on my list so that's yeah some quality but y- you know what it was it was one of the first times that you see um a director and producer change where a show continues oh, they had to solid be good actors. Yeah. They, they had solid actors and they, 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 
did kind of let them do their thing when they needed to. But uh, yeah, that was that was a hilarious show. Dear God, I mean, I could have taken Cheers or Taxi and and switched them because they were both just phenomenal shows. Taxi is a little bit earlier in my memory base. So that's why it's kind of a little higher at the top of, of shows. Cause I was watching that before I watched cheers. Now, Kaniki. <laughs> he has some issues. Um, Kaniki was actually a star on, uh, the, the TV show with Dr. Drew, uh, uh, what was it? I'm an addict. I can't remember the yeah, the name he, of the show. He had issues on Taxi, like they found him passed out between takes and things like that. So yeah, he had some he had some issues even back then. Yeah, he had, he had some issues. He ended up dying not too long ago. I'm actually still friends with his his girlfriend. Um, 2011, he passed away at the time of his death, Lizzie, um, who, who's, I love that woman. She's great. (laughs) Um, she tried to get him to, to stop drugs and, uh, it's tough when somebody's, well, there's some people that just can't stop. Um, Who's he also did the Doctor Drew's celebrity uh, uh, rehab. Celebrity rehab is that what it was called? Yeah, probably. I think that's yeah. what it was. Anyways, anything else on Taxi? That, that's about it. I mean, go go watch the scene of Jim trying to get his driver's uh, license. I can't it's, hear it, you. You why not? Hello. Can you hear me now? Hang on. Okay. All right, people, we're going to pause for a second and fix this problem. (laughs) All right. Ah, Okay. So is there anything else for taxi? That is, that is all that I have for taxi. Just short and sweet. Great show. This, uh, I'm really going to get pissed at this. There we go. <laughs> Scott's number two, the greatest American hero. Oh, God, yes. I think I fell in love with the show because my father one day walked in while I was watching it and proceeded to, for a half an hour, explain to me how stupid the show was. Which, of course, anyone that knew my father <laughs> knows that I will 100% go against. <laughs> so I watched it for the entire two years that it ran. <laughs> Just despite him. Just despite him. The show's theme song was sung by Joey Scarberry and released as a single, which peaked as number two. Yep. 
on the Billboard charts in 1981. Not a lot of shows had theme songs that did that. Uh, The second reason that I picked this show to watch was William Cat. William? William Cat was actually uh, the actor who played Pippin on the Broadway production of Pippin that was recorded live for television. Nice. He was also in the original movie of Carrie. Yes. He was the date. Now, he played a guy named Ralph. A guy named Ralph Hinckley in the first year. Ralph's surname was changed near the end of the first year because, or it was changed from Hinckley to Hanley because of the name's negativity and uh, with mm. the connection to John Hinckley Jr., who had just shot Ronald Reagan. Interesting. Yeah. Connie Selica was a horrible reason to watch that show, too. Uh, let's see here. After the... William Katz's real-life mother, Barbara Hale, played his mother in a few episodes. Nice. Uh, let's see here. Robert Culp, I remember him from I Spy many, many, many years ago. Oh, Ralph's last name was changed back to Hinckley in the first episode of season two in 1981 after the furor over his name subsided. (laughs) Interestingly enough, the unaired 1986 greatest american heroine pilot included a scene in which ralph hinckley meets the president of the united states ronald reagan oh my god oh shit and they actually used ronald reagan really yes all right A little spillage here. Um, So we've done our twos, which means we're coming up to our runner-ups. Yes. Are you ready for this? I'm I'm never ready for this kind of excitement, but we are going to proceed anyway because (laughs) we owe it to our tens of fans. We're going to do Burke's runners-up first. Then we'll do mine, and then we'll get to the the nasty stuff. There you go. So, uh, from bottom to top, uh, The Carol Burnett Show. Hold on. I I don't think I have it that way. Well, you're not showing the screen anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, hang on. (laughs) Drunken technical difficulties. 
Uh, let's see here. That one. Screen shares. Earphones. Can't get that shit right. All right, so that was yeah. Okay. All right, so so let's I'll do, start I'll do this it in this order. That's We're fine. gonna go with Burke's runner-ups. Alrighty, Hill Street Blues, um, another show where the yeah. theme song hit the charts and did very well. Yes, um, fairly gritty. Um, Belker was a great character. Um, would bite. Mm. People. Belker was probably my favorite. <laughs> he was um, just snarly and fun. And and uh, uh, and once again, can't remember the actor's or actress's name, but the uh, district attorney lady was kind of smoking hot. Kind of, yeah. Anyway, uh, next one down, Balsar Galactica, which I mistakenly <sighs> referenced earlier. Okay. Apparently, we're going to have to have a problem here. <laughs> Must because. be the nut behind the wheel. There you go, Bassar Galactica. Uh, Dirk, uh, uh, Richard Hatch, Dirk Benedict. Rich, uh, yeah, that, didn't that I was... say? Didn't I say Dirk Benedict was going to come back into oh, play yeah. here? Well, there he is, right there. Um, and that show was a big reaction to the whole Star Wars thing. It actually, they took the first. That was, I okay. They took go the ahead. first two episodes and actually turned them into a movie and released them in theaters. With sense around, um, so like all the explosions and stuff, like rumbled the whole theater and everything. It was a little hokey, but it was kind of cool. Um, uh, uh, Richard Dykstra uh, did special effects. I believe he also worked on Star Wars at one point in time, and a number of other things. Um, and just a fun kind of cool show to watch. The first couple, uh, first couple of years are pretty damn good. Right, okay. Next. Okay. Okay. Before okay. you move on. Okay. We have to talk here. <laughs> uh, the spaceship that they used, their fighter ship, was called the Viper. Colonial Vipers. Yes. Uh, and the the other one, the the ones that they were up against, the Cylons. Cylons. Yes. Um, <coughs> Battlestar Galactica was one of the best star based shows besides star trek um and give it a lot of props it came out uh right after star wars you had lauren green as your commander of your drama yep um it was a brilliant show. It was perfect for that time of the year, that time of the lifespan of America. Um, it promoted going out and exploring. Uh, and it still, it was still based on good versus bad. Yeah. No, it was, so, a, it was just a great show. You know, it's like you can pick it up on some streaming service. You know, it's 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 nice light entertainment at this point, and it still kind of holds up today. Yeah. All right. Next, uh, Barney Miller. Once again, another great ensemble cast. Um, subtle humor. Fish was great. Abe Vigoda, what a great character. Um, what a great guy. Oh my god. 
and just and and once again that was another show that like a lot like rita moreno showed up on that show and just a lot of big name people um hold on the um the first uh lady from night court the 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 old lady she showed up on a couple episodes of barney miller too <coughs> but yeah just another good writing and and just you know and it all took place in one room how many shows can you watch nowadays where there is only one set and you know any tv shows today that None. take place in one room only none yeah it's just you know good solid writing and just good time all right next one six million dollar man oh lee majors again hell yeah 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 and that was just that was a show i watched when i was young and ladies and gentlemen this was the time that he was married to farrah fawcett who showed up in a couple of episodes if i recall uh, guys I, I i i'm gonna tell you right now doing research for this entire thing uh-huh i probably spent four hours mm-hmm. researching farrah fawcett a half hours looking up stuff on the internet and the other one was putting the mouse in your left hand i love farrah fawcett <laughs> all right next one duke's a hazard how can you not love and there's another theme song that went, hit the charts and did very yes, well. Yes, good old boy. <laughs> Coined the phrase Daisy Dukes. Yes. Daisy Dukes were not a thing until that show came out. Um, uh, How many cars did they go through? 30, 40? They, they said that it was like something like 55 cars Jesus that they Christ. destroyed. Yep. And... Sadly, the, <laughs> those are nice cars. Yeah, those are nice cars, absolutely. Which is kind of why there's so much freaking money now. I mean, that show probably killed off a quarter of the inventory of. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, it was bad. All right. Yeah, one. it was bad. Wonder Woman. No. 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 You ha you have issues with Wonder Woman, no. Linda Carter. The only part of wonder woman that i think uh would deserve to make it is the fact that her blouse kept falling off as she would do stunts but we as americans are never going to see that linda carter was a big part of my growing up so yeah we'll just leave it at that all right Fasc next one fascination Morgan and Mindy. Oh. <laughs> at the First, height of at the height of his cocaine fueled. <laughs> First off, you got Pam Dauber, who is She's cute. She was real cute. Fucking incredible. She's married to Mark Harmon. Uh. Even in the last season of NCIS, when she came on to do the last couple of shows, I, I was like, I'm still in love with Pam Dauber. <laughs> um, 
And Jonathan Robert, Winters. Now, granted, that last season of Mork Jonathan and Mindy. Winters. He was on the last season of Mork and Mindy as Mork and oh, Mindy's he was the, kid. Yes. Okay. Dude, they could not film. Like, their, their filming time took twice as long because those two would just start riffing, going off on tangents, and the entire cast was laughing so hard they could not get any work done. Uh, Mark was played by um, Robin Williams, who, I I swear to God, this was his heyday. Oh, this yeah. was This was peak of his comedic. Yeah, I, I think he did a better job on Mark and ben, Mark and Mindy than he did on Mrs. Uh, Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, uh, Robin Williams uh, is kind of an idol to me. Um, I don't like the way that he went out. I understand the way that he went out. Uh, when you're when you're diagnosed with something like Parkinson's, um, and, and 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 you've got, I got real issue with people taking their lives, but when you've got, when, other than the Parkinson's, when you have other brain imbalances that you're just not thinking straight, and you need to be on meds and you're not, I kind of get it. You know, I I, I felt bad and and. I felt bad that I felt bad about the way he died, but then I kind of got over it. But yeah, he was. Well, the, and I actually we, love him in um, what was the one where he was in the afterlife? This more serious film, seeing his daughter and everything in the afterlife, and and mm -hmm. and even the, the bicentennial man, which is one of my favorite books. Um, he was playing more of a straight man, but he was playing drama, and I really enjoyed those performances from him. I, <sighs> There, okay, I I know that we talked earlier about the fact that I wanted to do the the 2021 um, list of people that have died, and one of the things that was stopping me was the fact that that on the list that I was looking at at that point in time was people that had died from drug overdoses or things like that. And I, I don't want to promote that. I, 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 yeah. I feel sorry for anyone that died from that, but that's a death of your own decision. And, and I just can't, there can be mitigating circumstances. Like I kind of feel the way you feel about, people commit suicide too I, you know i, I feel but, it's incredibly selfish but at the same time there may be circumstances i don't understand or i the, didn't know about or whatever that that it kind of changes the the whole color of that thing so the, anyway the whole thing with robin williams <clears throat> is that here's the person that that was diagnosed with with the disease um it's a disease that's going to kill him. Oh. I, I just, uh, I kind of see that in a different light than somebody that killed themselves by a drug overdose. I, and that's really why I held back on doing the, the 
the death things in 2021. Um, you can be pissed off at me. I don't care. <laughs> and um, then uh, last one, Carol Burnett show. Probably the best show from the 60s and 70s. I, I, yeah, I, there's there's so many great things, and there was another show where the directors <clears throat> would kind of like uh, Tim Conway. They would they would let him go off and, and, and improvise, and, and did not tell the other cast members what he was going to say. They would mm-hmm. rehearse it one way, and then Tim on the the official take would go in a completely different direction. And 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 Harvey Corman, a oh god, I love Harvey Corman. That poor guy trying to keep a straight face may be funnier than the comedy going on. Um, and then he also got uh, and forgive me, I don't know his name. The 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 young male actor on there also played in Wonder Woman, so and he was he was he was also good. But they and they had a lot of great uh, people come on that show. Bernadette Peters would show up and do stuff and. Well, it was a good show. It was good variety show. Oh, yeah. Very wholesome. I mean, this was definitely a 60s, early 70s kind of thing. But, you know, it was when I was young, you know, it's like there was something I was allowed to watch. And it was funny as all get out. And you had a, what, Mama's, uh, the spinoff shows from that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Just good stuff. Okay. You, oh, good choice. Scott's runner-up position starts with Star Trek Next Generations. Now, you see, I actually watched this when I was in my 20s, so I didn't can go with that as my growing up kind of stuff. But, oh. God, I watched it from it starting out. Oh, okay. Now, and... I, 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 it was another show that I never got into initially, and picked up later on when reruns. So uh, this is Star Trek: The Next Generation, uh, starring and possibly one of my all-time favorite shows of all time. So uh, I'll take Kirk over Picard, or uh, Picard over Kirk any day. I, Sorry, I was gonna say I, I'll take Picard. Yeah, take Picard um, any day. I love Kirk, but. Picard actually made the role. Oh yeah, he and, was initially uh, a little like pissy with the crew because like he's a, a a classically trained Shakespearean actor, and these guys were a bunch of goof offs. But eventually, he loosened up, and they all had a really great time. Now, now my only negative with this show comes with the movies. And the fact that they always have to release the saucer. Yeah. They always had to kill the Enterprise off. And yeah. Yep. Bye. Yeah, the movies were just big long episodes. Mm, yeah. All right. Yeah. Next one. Yep. Mayberry RFD and the Andy Griffith show. Wow. Um, and I watched an awful lot of that also. Uh it was the Andy Griffith show until I can't remember when they changed it. When it turned to color, maybe? I think it was. 
Um, but when it went to Mayberry RFD, we had uh, uh, Goober. I don't remember him. You don't remember Goober? I don't think I ever watched Mar- Mayberry RFD. I watched Andy Griffin show an awful lot. Jim Neighbors. Go- Goober ran the uh, the tow truck and the garage. Okay. Um, still had Jim uh, Neighbors. Still had Don Knotts. Um, still had really Mayberry RFD. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> uh, Mayberry RFD was basically just an extension of Andy Griffith's show. Ron Howard's first break. Yeah. Moving on to the next one, Battlestar Galactica. We've already talked about this. In in detail, yeah. Next was oh, the fuck. match game. I didn't realize that um, those were on the table. Shit. That could well, it, was, <laughs> it was the TV show. I, yeah, I, I um, guess I didn't think about it. Uh, but the match game was freaking hilarious because it was no holds barred in the 70s when you could say anything that you want to and there was so much innuendo put into the show it was funny oh God, it was yeah. just it was fun to watch it was a half an hour of uh let's see nowadays you'd call it wheel of fortune who was the who was the host, man? He had the worst suits. Gene, okay, I keep saying Jeep, Gene Rod, Roddenberry. Yeah, it's not that. No, Gene Roddenberry is Star Trek. Uh, Gene Rayburn? Gene Rayburn. That was, was it. Is that him? Yes. His, his hair was horrible. His suits were horrible. Oh, God. And he had that microphone. He had that long-ass microphone. like, it was uh, like three foot long with a little puffball at the end. <laughs> who was it uh the price is right guy he had the same microphone yeah for a long yeah you're right for a long time yeah yeah soap now that on your runner-up huh soap is on my runner-up uh great show uh n- more than a great show. Actually, the lead-off to a couple of other shows. Benson. Benson was probably my favorite after soap. Um, it's silly comedy. It's freaking WKRP, but with politics. Um, it's great 1970s humor. And what's your next one? Silver Spoons. I, it was a show I never watched. God. <laughs> there it is. Airwolf. Yeah. Air, yeah. Airwolf makes it to my runner up. Um, I wanted to put it into the top 10. But because it was a spinoff from Knight Rider, I couldn't do it. I did not know that. I had no clue that it was a spin. I mean, I kind of knew that the 
producers and everything were the same, but I did not know his actual spinoff. Yes, it was a spinoff from Knight Rider. And if you look at Knight Rider and Airwolf, you will see that the premise is exactly the same. Pretty much. I mean, the, the, the helicopter did not talk, but yeah. But that was just a badass show. Good theme song, too. Jesus Christ. Loved it. <laughs> MacGyver. My oh, last one God. is MacGyver. Yeah. Uh, and I think MacGyver probably should have made it higher. Um. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. I mean... Now, granted, when you got into the science and everything, it didn't quite add up. But yeah, that was just good well, TV. He was, he was, he was just a really like okay, you know, the, wholesome dude. The thing about in an unwholesome world, trying to make the world better. The thing about MacGyver not making it higher is the fact that it got so stupid at the end. Yeah, you, um, you can only use bubble gum and and you know twine so many times to make an atomic bomb you know yeah and at some point in time you gotta kill someone <laughs> if you're a secret agent <laughs> all right we are up to the number ones we are going to burke's number one which i do believe was on my list of runner-ups. Yes, it was. And it was soap. Um, I, how, do, how do you make this number one? It, it had some of the moments of... It had some of the television moments that made me laugh the hardest in my life. Um, and, and there was a lot of stupid stuff going on. But once again, another ensemble cast that was just phenomenal um God, when you had chuck and bob on there they did a they did an act where the dummy was blindfolded and chuck would hold up something in front of the blindfolded dummy and the blindfolded dummy through telekinesis or whatever was trying to to figure out what it was and and bert and danny are there and finally, Bert catches on to the fact that it's a dummy and it's blindfolded. But but Danny is like, yeah, and, you know, it's like, well, you know, Chuck can see what it is. Yeah, but Bob can't. He's blindfolded. I'm just laughing so hard at that shit. As a matter of fact, very early in production, uh, they had problems recording Chuck and Bob because the 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 performance was so convincing that the sound man was actually pointing the microphone at the dummy to pick him up and they were missing the dialogue that the actual actor was doing. That's how good that was. So, yeah. And he had Benson as a runoff. You know, it was it was such a great parody of all the soap operas, and they wanted to call it something else at some point. Well, soap that, was just the running title of the was of the 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 whole thing originally. It was not supposed to be called soap. That was just what they called it, and um, it just kind of stuck. There were there were characters off of soap, like you mentioned Benson, yeah, Robert Guillaume, yeah. Uh, 
who's who is the old lady? Which one? Uh, Catherine Hellmond or uh, the redhead? Uh, Catherine Hellman, I believe. Do you want to do uh, Brazil? Yes. Yes. Good film. Oh, my God. Um, just fantastic cast. The The acting was incredible. Robert Guillaume is probably one of my favorite actors from the <laughs> 80s. He was on several different shows, and he could play several different characters. Oh, yeah. But yet, every time he played the character, he had attitude. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, Which and, is, oh my God, that I mean, they really kind of like head on and not head on did the whole black thing. I mean, because like in the first couple episodes, the uh, the grandfather who was the you know, the colonel w- was calling him boy, and he would just give him these looks like. Like you call me that one more time, I'm gonna kick your ass. Kind of look, you know, and everything. But he was just, you know, he was just kind of like backing off everything. Um, oh my god, uh, uh, Robert Guillaume taking the dummy and chucking him out the window was fucking great. Um, I think I remember with stuffing the uh, Jody stuffed the dummy in the refrigerator, and and Chuck is losing his mind because he can't find Bob anywhere. He's turning like grapefruit and shit on the table into fucking dummies because he's losing his mind that was brilliant and then you can remember billy crystal got his start on that show yes I, and billy crystal went on to do a lot of stuff judas priest when um, harry met sally oh my god i mean he okay anyways and diana canova she was kind of smoking back in the day man all right so was that your last that is my number one. Oh, uh, just if you want to watch a couple YouTube clips, look up the dummy being blindfolded, of course. Um, and then Billy Crystal talking to his mom about, or no, he was talking to Catherine Hellman's character. And Catherine Hellman says something to the effect of, you know, when I was young, there weren't any homosexuals. And, and, and Billy Crystal's character is like, there's always been gay people throughout history. She's like, oh, come on, like who? And he, he said, Aristotle was gay, Plato was gay, and Catherine Hellman just stares off for the moment and she goes, Mickey Mouse's dog was gay. <laughs> and like somebody else talks for a second and she looks back at him and he goes, Yeah, and Goofy was his lover. It just it's just <laughs> and for the time, you didn't have gay people on TV hardly ever. I think Hot L Baltimore. I think was maybe the first primetime TV show to have a gay couple. And that show yeah. didn't last but one season and it was gone. <laughs> um, but yeah, kind of the first big kind of gay character on a, on a main show and everything like that. And Oh God, that, that, that show just went off the rails, but it, it was so good. <laughs> anyway, all right. that's it. That's all I got. All right. We're going on to Scott's number one. And it is Burke. What do you think Scott's number one is? Burke's law. Uh, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh God, I forgot about that show. Scott's were- number one was on television from 1965 to 1971. 
Oh, I know. Everyone's going to sit back and go, you know what? You weren't even alive. What? Yeah, yeah but it was all was. reruns. I mean, half the shows we watched were reruns back then. WUAB-TV43 played reruns in syndication for this show all the way into the 2000s. This show starred Robert Clary, Werner Klemper, and Bob Crane. Welcome to Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> this is my number one show. And I, I will admit I, I watched that show a lot. I will not I will not say that in nineteen eighty five this was my best show. But after I did research on the show, it became my number one show. <laughs> First off, Robert Clary. It's Colonel Clink. Uh, no, Robert Clary is uh, uh, this gentleman right Lebeau. here. Lebeau. Lebeau was actually a Holocaust survivor. Oh, shit. And he did that show. And he did this show. Um, <laughs> get, oh, whoa, what the whoa, fuck? Whoa. <laughs> the nut behind the wheel strikes I, again. Whoa, hang on here. Uh, let's do this again. There we go. Uh, Werner Klemper, Howard was it, Kane. Wasn't Werner okay. Klemper a classically trained actor? Werner Klemper played Klink. Yes. He was a classic act, uh, classically trained pianist. His father was famous for it. His father oh, wow. was Otto Klemper. Oh, okay. Howard Kane, uh, Werner Klemper, Howard Kane. Leon Askins and John Banner all played Germans. Okay. Uh, let me see here. Werner Klemper, Howard Kane, Leon Askins, John General Banner. Culture, yeah. Who portrayed the chief Germans, Klink, Hochstetter, Burkhalter, and Schultz were all Jewish. <laughs> That's awesome. All of them also served in the U.S. Armed Forces during World War II. Oh, shit. Klemperer was born in Cologne, Germany. And Banner and Askins were both born in Vienna, Australia. Oh, or wow. Austria. Austria. <laughs> Sorry. And the three of them immigrated to the United States after fleeing the Nazi regime. Holy shit. Werner Klemperer only agreed to play Colonel Klink once he was assured by the show's creators that Klink would never succeed in his schemes. I don't think people nowadays can relate to this, mm. but 
you know, you you've got a guy like Werner Klemper, who's Jewish, who's playing a Nazi. He 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 remembers that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you, you live through it. I I mean, LeBeau was interned. Now, anyways, have you ever seen the movie that was based off of Stalag 13? Yes. Fucking dark. Like, I, yes. I, I, to this day, I still can't comprehend how fucking Hollywood said, let's take this movie and make it a comedy. But it was like Stalag 17 or something like that. Yeah, it um, was, it was, yeah, it was brutal. It was, and it was, bad. I literally watched it because I thought that it would be comedic. Like, <laughs> and and there's definitely funny parts in it, but in the end, they all get caught, and yeah, well, yeah, it, yeah, it's ugly. <clears throat> Anyways, I I have a lot of trivia to get through here because this this movie was kind of important, or the show was kind of important to me. Hopefully, the nothing about Bob Crane. The leather jacket that Bob Crane wore on this show was originally worn by Frank Sinatra in Von Ryan's Express. Oh, wow. Vito Scotti, who played Major Bonicelli in an episode, played the train engineer in Von Ryan's Express in the same jacket. No, no shit. The same jacket was also worn by Greg Kinnear in the 22 film Bob Crane's biography. Oh, wow. The character of Sergeant Schultz prior to the war had been the president. Okay, okay, so this is backstory here. This is backstory of the characters. What do you think Sergeant Schultz did as a living before becoming a guard? The backstory? Yes. Um, it's got to be food-related. Baker, perhaps? No. He was the president of a successful toy company. Oh. Okay. Colonel Klink, post-war tried to become a bookkeeper at the toy company <laughs> under him. And the last piece of history that I have to talk about is people will never notice this, but if you watch Hogan's heroes, you will notice that the secretary's name changes from Hilga to Hilda. Hilga. Yeah. There's two different actresses, right? And why did this happen? I give up. Why did that happen? Cynthia Lynn, who played Colonel Clink's secretary, Helga, in the first season, was replaced by Sigrid Valdez, who played Hilda 
at the insistence of Bob Crane after Valdez began dating him and they got married. <laughs> and that set was yards away from the lagoon that was um, the SS Minnow, what was it? Uh, Gilligan's Island. That whole back lot was like literally right next door to each other. Yes. They were all next door to each other. Um, there was there was another uh, not, uh, Gomer Pyle. Mm. Gomer Pyle set was in the same place. This was all on the back lot. Yeah, Burbank it's, Studios and Yes. Uh CBS Studios. This was all on the back lot. It was all torn down, sadly. Um, and there's like a strip mall or something on the site now. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Well, it's it's actually houses. Um, there's a whole bunch of shit there now. You know, I'm surprised. Wild yeah. Wild West didn't make our list anywhere. I I, I, I actually was... forgot about it until just now. I was torn on that. Black Sheep there, Squadron. Uh, if you... Actually, yeah. I I started a folder that I'm sharing with you. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I put it in there yet, but I actually recorded the first six episodes of Baba Black Sheep. A good show. Yeah. Now, there's some movies in there that we're gonna review they're oldies but people right, will man. like them like murder by death oh god i love that film we 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 referenced that um oh god craig and i referenced that movie in a script writing class one time the moosehead on wall talk <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Moosehead, use your goddamn articles. <laughs> oh God, what a great film! I, I, uh, what else did I record? Okay, so we've got some movies to review. Okay, because fair enough, fair enough. I have thrown into that, into that, um, Dropbox or whatever we're sharing, uh, the Cannonball Run. Oh, God, yeah. Murder by death. Yep. Uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid. I don't know that I've seen that all the way through in 20 or 30 years. It's going to be a great couple of years. <laughs> Holy shit. We're going to do, uh, we're going to do movie reviews basically every other week okay but they're not gonna be new movies well i don't want to say that um i know that they're working on a new guardians of galaxies yep new thor is coming out sometime soon here new thor i see a bunch of movies for you and i to have a good time with but oh, if yeah. you can't tell by my eyes right now, I am fucked up and drunk. <laughs> so at this point in time, I 
think we need to say goodbye. We've said our top top tens. We've enjoyed it. Um, you're wearing a University of Toledo shirt. It's very comfortable, and my daughter bought it for me for Christmas. And yeah, totally dig it, man. Uh, okay. <laughs> On that note, I'm gonna get the <laughs> fuck out of here. You have a great night, everyone. You have a great week, and we will talk to you soon. Have fun, guys.